Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, February 7th. I'm Lorraine Castres. These are today's headlines. Coronavirus spreading rapidly. Dozens of new cases diagnosed on a cruise ship off the coast of Japan. Thousands, including hundreds of Americans, on board. Seven Democratic presidential candidates face off in a high-stakes debate in New Hampshire tonight, days after the Iowa caucuses ended in chaos. And an ICE agent shoots a man in the face when he reportedly got in the middle of a deportation arrest in New York City. This and much more today on You News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin this hour with new developments in the coronavirus outbreak. The number of deaths now stands at more than 630 and infections are up at, to at least 31,400 people. Also, three ships are now under quarantine, one off the coast of Japan, one off the coast of Hong Kong and the latest one here in the U.S. This is the moment authorities knock on Rebecca Frazier's door to take her away. She tested positive for coronavirus after days of quarantine on board the Diamond Princess cruise ship off the coast of Japan. A little bit scared. Um, hard to know what the future holds since I don't really feel sick right now. Like, is it going to get worse? She is one of 61 people, including 11 Americans, that have been infected while on the ship. Rebecca's husband says she will be in the hospital 10 to 12 days. Meanwhile, he says his temperature is jumping and he's worried he might be infected as well. Don't really uh, know what to think right now. Um, I guess I'll be in here for a few days by myself. Um, hopefully things turn out okay. With conditions worsening on board, Roger and Kathy Maniscalco from Utah are two of thousands trapped in their rooms. Inside, nothing has changed. I mean, we're still um, in our cabins. A little scary to be on board and the numbers just keep climbing. The situation is so bad, one passenger writing on social media, they can hear painful coughs from a passenger in a nearby room. Some passengers so desperate to get off the ship, they're pleading the president to help. If they're really concerned and worried, we should be quarantined in in a sanitary environment that's safe, not on a cruise ship that's already infected. Donald Trump, save us. Get us a government-based airplane. Not even that, just like... Get us off the ship. This as in China, tributes grow for Li Wenlian, the doctor who first sounded the alarm about the virus, only to be silenced by authorities. He died on Thursday after getting infected. Two planes with about 300 passengers, mostly U.S. citizens, took off of Wuhan Thursday bound for the United States. This is the third group of evacuees from the heart of the coronavirus outbreak. Meanwhile, a Royal Caribbean ship with a dozen quarantined passengers has docked in New Jersey amid concern that there are several Chinese nationals on board who may have the coronavirus. Nayeli Chavez-Geller is there with the details. Nayeli, what is the scene like out there? Good afternoon, we're in Bayonne, New Jersey, where earlier this morning a Royal Caribbean cruise ship arriving from the Bahamas docked. Immediately after, dozens of passengers, many of whom had been in isolation due to reporting pulmonary issues, were screened for coronavirus. 
Of these passengers screened, it has been reported that four were rushed to Newark's University Hospital. Officials say that they are currently under observation in isolated rooms, but that this action was taken out of caution and not because any of these passengers, one of them from China, have been tested positive for coronavirus. Again, officials have emphasized that no one aboard the ship is believed to have coronavirus, but the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, as well as other health officials, did remove other 23 Chinese nationals after the ship docked. In a statement released earlier today by Royal Caribbean, they said that they are participating in elevated levels of guest screening in order to combat the spread of the virus. They also added that they have rigorous medical protocols on board their ships. In spite of all the safety measures stated by Royal Caribbean, as you can imagine, passengers and their families have expressed great fear of a possible outbreak after it has been reported that eight more American passengers inside a cruise ship off Japan have been confirmed to the new coronavirus, bringing the total number of U.S. citizens diagnosed on that liner to 11. Up to now, the virus, which first spread in the city of Wuhan, China, has killed more than 600 people, and it has been reported that over 28,000 people have been infected globally, although there are no cases reported in New Jersey and New York. Two people in New York continue to be under observation. This is all I have reporting from Bayon, New Jersey. Now back to you guys at the studio. Thank you, Nadeli Chavez-Geller, as you were saying, reporting from Bayonne, New Jersey. Now to the nation's capital and a triumphant President Donald Trump. He's taking a victory lap and boasting about his acquittal. Today, he makes his first appearance outside of Washington, D.C. since the Senate impeachment vote. Janet Rodriguez joins me live from Washington, D.C. Janet, what's the president doing today? That's right, Lorraine, and today is also the first time he answers questions from the media since uh, the acquittal vote, since this all uh, impeachment trial ended. And he is going down to North Carolina to have uh, some campaign um, rally down there. But what he did say today, he went out on the attack against the Democrats. He said that Nancy Pelosi was uh, wrong for reaping the papers, but he went on to say that she was not only wrong, but it was illegal and she had broken the law with what she did by reaping those pages of uh, his State of the Union address. Now, he did not specify which law she might have broken. He also went on the attack against Democrats, saying that they have a Trump derangement syndrome and a big case of it. Here's a little bit more of what the president had to say against the Democrats. Well, I think there's a lot of evil on that side. They've gone crazy. They've gone totally crazy. It's too bad. I've gotten tremendous amounts done, more than anybody's gotten done in three years, by far. But uh, they're not constructive people. And on another subject, the president denied reports that his chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, may be on the way out. He said that he's a great man and this is simply fake news. And he said the same thing of Republican Congressman Mark Meadows, who is said to retire and has been said to not have a great relationship with the president. He denied that report as well. So the president here did say that he will be making a decision. The White House will be making a decision on the future of that Lieutenant Wittmann who testified fight on the call with Ukraine and uh, he said that he doesn't like him very much and a decision of his future with the Pentagon will be made shortly. Back to you.
And Janet, we know there's also some good news for President Trump, and it has to do with the January jobs report. What can you say about that? Stronger report than expected. 225,000 jobs were created in the month of January. The White House, of course, celebrating this morning. This is a message that the president will take on his rallies. And here at the White House, he will continue to celebrate. It only helps him even more make the case of a strong economy as he goes into the November elections. Back to you. Thank you, Janet Rodriguez in Washington, D.C. And more good news for the president of federal appeals court on Friday dismissed a lawsuit by congressional Democrats alleging the president violated the emoluments clause of the Constitution by refusing to allow lawmakers to review and approve his financial interests. The ruling is a major triumph for the president, who's intensely sought to keep his business affairs private. The three-judge panel was in unanimous agreement, saying the Democratic law lawmakers lack the standing to challenge the president. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio is the new ranking Republican on the House Judiciary Committee. The decision comes from the House Republican Steering Committee. Jordan is a fierce supporter of President Trump. He was a member of the president's impeachment defense team and a vocal critic of Democrats during the proceedings. Meanwhile, the Trump administration finalized plans to boost drilling, mining, and grazing on two national monuments in Utah. Three years ago, the White House rolled back restrictions on the monuments in what were two of the biggest downsizes of protected lands in American history. There's major amounts of oil, coal, and gas in the lands, but it's also culturally important to Native American tribes with precious fossils, rock arts, and additional artifacts. Now to the race for 2020, the top seven Democratic candidates face off tonight on a debate stage in New Hampshire with the shadow of the Iowa caucuses hanging over them. 100 percent of precincts in Iowa now reporting showing Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders separated by a razor thin margin. The primary in the Granite State just four days away. Here's Carolina Sarasa. In New Hampshire, the race for 2020 is moving at full speed. Hello, Derry! Thank you, Concord! New Hampshire is not the kind of place to let Iowa or anybody else tell you what to do. The candidates preparing to face off on the debate stage tonight. All eyes on Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg, both of them now claiming victory in Iowa. When you run and you get more votes than your opponents, in this case 6,000 more, you're usually considered the winner. I got 6,000 more votes than Mr. Buttigieg. It has been an extraordinary week, and we are absolutely electrified by the energy that we are coming here with. The state party now reporting 100% of the results, but those results are still in dispute. The head of the National Democratic Party calling for a total review of every bit of the paper trail in Iowa. After saying he took a gut punch in the caucuses, the pressure is on for Joe Biden. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm counting on New Hampshire. We're going to come back. Out of sight Thursday, the, the former vice president spent the day at home off the campaign trail. Tonight, he'll be front and center, and he's already been sharpening his attacks. He calls himself a democratic socialist. Well, we're already seeing what Donald Trump is going to do with that. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren is looking for a much-needed win in New Hampshire. Tonight, a chance to flex her near-home state advantage. This is a moment when people are off the sidelines 
and people are ready to get in this fight. For Andrew Yang, Tom Steyer and Amy Klobuchar, this could be one of their last chances to break through. This is a state uh, that has this big tradition of uh, basically giving uh, candidates a chance that they think can win in the election. Carolina Saraza, U News. And turning now to weather, severe storms hit parts of Georgia and the damage left behind is causing headaches in the area. Some commuters getting creative. Take a look. This man on a surfboard being pulled by a motorcycle through a flooded tunnel. Storms brought heavy rain, lightning and gusty winds to parts of Atlanta on Thursday, flooding roads and waterways and leaving thousands of Georgians in the dark. The effects of the wild weather are not over through. Univision Chief Meteorologist Albert Martinez is tracking the storm system. Albert, what's the latest? Hello. During the last 24 hours, a strong front moved through the southeast of the U.S. And this front, take a look at the map, produced more than 500 reports of gusty winds from Florida through Georgia and both Carolina. Also, we've seen more than 30 tornado reports and a lot of flash flood reports in both Carolinas. This front was during the night hours over the Carolinas. Now the strongest part is over the south part of Florida. But during the evening hours, this front will continue to produce some uh, snow in the northeast of the US. During the afternoon, the wind advisory will continue to be in effect in different parts of the east coast. The strong winds in the Carolinas and also in the three state areas are like tropical storm winds, more than 40, 50 miles per hour winds. So you need to be very careful if you drive through overpasses or bridges. These winds will continue to blow very strong during the evening and night. And then tomorrow, when the wind will be from the northeast in the three state area, the temperatures will drop down very quickly. See how the snow will continue to fall in the inside part of the New York state and Pennsylvania and the temperatures in the morning will be very low. But there is another thing. The amount of snow can go up to nine inches in that area. And during next week, be very careful if you live in the South Plains because we'll see more rain and storms. Back to the studio. Welcome back to You News. In New York City, a man was shot in the face in an encounter with Immigration and Customs Enforcement on Thursday. ICE agents were trying to serve a warrant when another person in the home was shot. Nidia Cavazos has more on what happened. On Thursday on the street, Immigration and Customs Enforcement agents attempted to arrest a man identified as Gaspara Vendano as he was leaving his home accompanied by two other men. One of the individuals was Eric Diaz, who was shot in the face by a NICE agent when, according to the federal agency, he tried to interfere with the arrest. The other man was Eric's brother, Kevin, who gave his version of the incident. This is el corre para la casa y vienen dos personas y lo, lo agreden y lo tiran el suelo, le dieron toques eléctricos. He ran back to the house and two people caught him and threw him on the floor and tasered him. They bit him. In the struggle, he shot my brother. ICE says in a statement that a special team of ICE against fugitives shot at least one bullet when the agents were physically attacked while they were trying to arrest Gaspara Vendano Hernandez, an illegal foreigner from Mexico who was deported twice with an assault sentence in 2011 in the city of New York and is now under ICE custody. 
They are saying that my brother interfered and it is not right. Were they carrying identification? No, no, they didn't have anything. Diaz, who is of Mexican origin, is seen in this picture after the incident with his face covered at a Brooklyn hospital, where activists showed up to protest and blame the White House. It is worse each day with immigration. The way the president speaks about the community shows that things are getting worse. Alerman Carlos Menchaca said that he expects there will be an investigation. We are investigating what's going on. We are working together with the mayor's office, the police and the family. Eric Diaz was here from Mexico with the tourist visa. He will remain under custody. Reporting for U News, Alex Roland, this is Nidia Cavazos. And New Yorkers will no longer be able to enroll in the Global Entry Program, which allows travelers to move more quickly through U.S. airports, avoiding lines. The decision, a response to a new law in New York State that gives undocumented immigrants the opportunity to obtain driver's licenses. Here's Blanca Rosa Vilches. The ban goes into effect today in New York State, and it took many passengers who now can't use trusted travelers' programs, such as Global Entry, by surprise, all thanks to a new state law that prevents federal immigration officials from accessing state motor vehicle records. It's invaluable for those of us who go back and forth uh, internationally or travel globally. It's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost a shame, really, that According to the Department of Homeland Security, the suspension of these programs for all New York residents is in response to a state law that allows undocumented people to get driver licenses, but restricts which authority can access their information. This is a classic case of Trumpian um, uh, fear-mongering uh, and retaliation. I guess those are the hallmarks of this administration. There are about 150,000 New York residents who are now enrolled in programs like Global Entry and will be forced out as they come up for their annual renewals by the end of the year. Another 80,000 people have applications pending or have been conditionally approved and will feel the effects of this ban immediately. New York is one of 14 states that allows undocumented immigrants to get driver's licenses. Um, and now suddenly he's claiming that we can't participate in the global entry program. It's a load. It is totally without justification. Uh, it's illegal. DHS is considering additional penalties against New York. This is just the beginning of a new legal battle. In New York, Blanca Rosa Vilches, U News. In Venezuela, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov arrived in Caracas today for an official visit. Lavrov will hold meetings with Venezuela's executive vice president, Delcy Rodriguez, and his Venezuelan counterpart, Jorge Jarreaza, before being received by Nicolás Maduro. Lavrov, who's on a tour of Latin America, called for a national dialogue in Venezuela to end the country's political crisis. 
And Guatemala's new president, Alejandro Yamate, urged Mexico to boost commercial ties, arguing that creating more work opportunities is crucial for reducing migration northward toward the United States. Speaking at the Senate in Mexico City yesterday, Yamate calls for the two neighbors to work together to develop their common border and build what he calls walls of prosperity to reduce pressure driving migration. Meanwhile, Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar's former hitman has died. The man known as Popeye was notorious in his own right. He had confessed to killing hundreds of people during one of Colombia's most violent periods. Sofia Menendez has more on his life. John Jairo Velázquez Vázquez was called Popeye because before he served as Pablo Escobar's lieutenant, he was a sailor. He spent more than 10 years at the drug boss's side and more than 23 years in prison for his crimes. I'm a clean man now. He got out of jail in 2014, and in his first television interview, the man who was the feared boss of Pablo Escobar's sicarios talked about everything. The party was authorized by the Civil Aerospace Department, and at that time, the director was Dr. Álvaro Uribez. And without blushing, he spoke of their deaths, the ones he was responsible for, and his own. Well, one of those doesn't count because I'm not a psychopath. But mine, there are about 250. And with the Medellin cartel, we were involved in more than 3,000 deaths, but it has to be more than 50,000 in total. And you think you're going to die of old age? No, I'm ready to die. I'm not afraid. I was free for four years. I was in politics, wrote a book. Warriors, familia of Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. He was arrested again for attempted extortion, for statements on social media and for alleged links to the murder of journalist Guillermo Cano in 1986. Five years after the famous phrase, I am ready to die. Popeye died yesterday from esophageal cancer. And people imagine he's taken a lot of secrets with him to the grave. In Bogotá, Colombia, reported by Yesid Baquero, this is Sofia Menendez for U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. U News, your world, U News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Netflix is giving you more control over what you watch on its platform. Thursday, the company announced on Twitter that it was allowing viewers to disable its preview autoplay. A lot of people must have not liked the forced previewing. In its tweet, Netflix said, quote, we've heard the feedback loud and clear. It goes on to send people to its help page, which helps explains to how to turn off both preview autoplay and autoplays for episodes. 
And want to travel to a galaxy far, far away? Then, Star Wars lovers, a new Disney hotel is for you. Disney will start taking reservations later this year for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. It's an immersive hotel experience in Orlando, Florida. Travelers can stay for two days and two nights in a faux spaceship. They'll meet in a terminal and go through a blast-off. The hotel isn't scheduled to open until 2021. And a new billion-dollar plan is being put in place to help build out more charging stations for electric cars. The National Association of Truck Stop Owners is teaming with ChargePoint to add chargers to over 4,000 travel centers and truck stops, with a focus on highways and rural areas. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.